use the force. Live long and prosper. Well, I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilo Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. What a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Until he's coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Grimmie. Frog here. ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 129 of A Play on Nerds. I'm Steve. And I'm Jarman. And man, do we have a doozy for you this week. We bring back our newer segment, Rule of Three, where we look at the third film in film franchises, which are often good, bad, or ugly. <laughs> and Jarman, what, what movie, what third movie are we talking about this week? Well, I think we have a treat for the audience this week. Not so much torture, but we have Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah, we're going to take a break from terrible and go to one not so terrible. Yeah, I mean, this is a classic. <laughs> not so the most um, loved of the series, but a classic. Right, right. like uh, the, a weak link, but still a good chain. Yeah, you know? chain's still strong. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but before we get to rule of three, Jarman, what have you been up to since last time we talked? Uh, well, the last time we talked, I had um, my old roommate and his wife came to stay with me. Uh, they were going to the, his brother's, his sister's wedding. Uh, so okay. I had a dog in the house because uh, they brought their dog with them. And that was a little challenging, but we uh, got to catch up and everything. So that was a lot of fun. Gross. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I also I have been dating a new person that I'm very excited about. Um, a so, new person. Yes. I like how how neutral you're being about. <laughs> well, it's a female. Okay. <laughs> they Good do start. Uh, identify as female. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> fair. No, no, no. It's all open here. I and they're it. born that way. Uh, cisgendered, if you will. Anyways. Um, yeah, it's been going to, and it's, we have a lot of similar interests and things in common. So we've been going to a lot of plays, uh, which is something I haven't done in a long time. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. Got to see Into the Woods. Uh, got oh. to see, I saw Vita with my parents as well. Uh, this is also not as much fun, Vita. It's a little, uh, I don't know, a little boring, I thought. I but, mean, yeah, I mean, it's not the classic rom-com you're looking for. I get it. Yeah, exactly. And there was some other play, but now I can't even remember it. So uh, yeah, just been seeing a lot of plays and watching a lot of yourself of, yeah watching a lot of lucifer the tv show i've been become very addicted Ooh, okay. to that it's a lot of fun i recommend it how has your episode. improv class been going oh improv class is still going i have one more class and then we have our performance which i'm still very nervous about because the kids in the class are inconsistent with their <laughs> i don't know feeling any good moments so you're starting to feel any games that you're you're sort of developing or feeling better in yeah i started to notice that the um we did a lot of the one word story thing where we stand in a line and each person says one word and tries to continue the story. And as a class, I think me personally and getting better at listening and coming up with something that goes right along with the last thing the person said and not going off on a tangent doesn't or, challenge the next person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just keeping it very basic, uh, it's coming, becoming easier to me, but not everyone that in the class game on the same is page. ruined by people who think they're going to be smart. Yes. Or just take it like make it just too complex. Ruin. Yeah, but uh, so I'm a little nervous about the show. I haven't invited anybody yet, but I need to. So we'll see how that I mean, goes. Invite your cat. Yeah, Bones can come. He's a good kid. <laughs> well, I'm sure the person will come, right? The person will uh, will come if I <laughs> want them to, but uh, I'd be a little Does nervous. Does the person know you take improv class? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. That's not something you want to hide from your person. I just didn't get her permission yet to actually use her name on the podcast. I'm sure she won't care, but I just didn't talk to her about that. So I just, I'm calling her person for now. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. Person, let us know if we can talk about it. There we go. 
more, more will be disclosed in a future date <laughs> person. So what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, we finally got some nice cool weather here in San Jose. So we got to this last weekend. We just each day went out and did at least five miles outside and just walked and finally cool enough to go enjoy ourselves. So that's been really nice. Nice. Got a big team event tomorrow. My organization at work uh, is doing a circus theme extravaganza thing. Mm. And it's always incredible. And there's live performers. Usually I can guarantee there's going to be a Ferris wheel. Jeez. Um, so that's exciting tomorrow. And then otherwise my folks are coming. That's right. Next week. Uh, and so we are just preparing and cleaning and we rearrange the living room and the furniture a little bit. Nice. Try to get a little bit more bang for our buck out of our place. Um, so yeah, we're just getting ready and then we'll of course be doing a big haywire cleaning weekend. And they're staying for like a week or something, right? Yeah, they're staying. Uh, they'll be, we'll be in San Jose for a few days and then we head down to a little coastal town called Aptos or Atpos. Um, which is about 45 to an hour south, depending mm. on traffic. Uh, and all I know about it, it is that it's a beach town where rich people have their beach houses. <laughs> so like you're renting one out or something? Yeah, my parents, my mom typically gets a big Airbnb. We can all stay in together. Nice. Yeah, so we'll be down on the coast. And I'm a big fan of your parents. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, they're pretty cool. <laughs> mom, I know you're listening. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I hope they're fans of me too. <laughs> Mom said she listens to basically the intro and the weekly updates and then doesn't really care about the rest of the show. That makes sense. It's not, it's yeah, not she's for like, And then you guys start talking about dragons or something and, <laughs> and my glass of wine gets really heavy. <laughs> uh, yes, this uh, show is often better with a glass of wine, so we highly yes. recommend that. Or scotch or whatever and your that, favorite That's what is. Jarman does every week. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> Only occasionally. That's right. Last last week you came from a party or something. Yeah, and I was like, I, was, I had two glasses of wine in me, and I was like, oh, this is getting a little loosey goosey. Yeah, have <laughs> a good time. Well, mom says she always like listens before she goes to bed. I'm like, well, there you go. Nice. I do have to give a shout out to our my buddy, our buddy Patrick. Um, he cakes. We usually we have like we talk once a week and just catch up and such. But uh, he's he listens to the episode when we miss a week, so he can just hear his friends' voices in his own ears. Ah, Patty. Ah, love that uh, guy. Uh, well, good. Sounds like we both had some uh, some good times the last couple of weeks, but now it takes us to some nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. All right. All right. So, uh, what do you got for us this week, Steve? Uh, I call it "tiger in a cage." All right. It was a mental euphemism, and then a tiger. And you'll find out why in a moment. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Newman, a uh, professor of psychology from Penn State, is started looking at uh, what she's calling a new phenomenon, which is relaxation-induced anxiety. And it's looking at people that suffer from, from major clinical anxiety uh, who avoid relaxing out of fear that something bad will happen and their anxiety will deepen. Uh. So rather than try to relax, they just stay anxious in hopes of not becoming more anxious. Oh, God. Uh, And of course, Michelle Newman, the psychologist, said that this is not good for you because uh, experiencing the swing is healthy for you and shows you that you can handle it. And it makes the next time easier. But if people just flat out avoid it, it's like a joint you don't use for a long time. Right. You lose practice. Uh, Kids yelling at me. (laughs) 
Joyce B. Coo. <laughs> I think that worked. Nope. It did not. It did not work. And then Ming, the Tiger of Harlem. Uh, everyone has seen this viral picture at some point. It is a, a, a uh, NYPD SWAT officer belaying down a rope outside of an apartment inside of which is a very angry tiger. Oh, gosh. Uh, and that, that tiger was named Ming and the Tiger of Harlem, and uh, it recently died. Oh, uh, this guy, Anton Yates, got his hand on a tiger cub somehow and took it back to his project apartments in Harlem. Uh, he fed it 20 pounds of chicken a day until this thing was 400 pounds. Wow. And he had this brilliant idea that he was going to start some sort of Garden of Eden inside his apartment where man lived with beasts. It was this whole thing in his head. Uh, well, he was arrested. The tiger was captured and taken to a sanctuary in Ohio, and it died in April, unfortunately. Oh. But its remains uh, were just commissioned and transported back to New York, and it was buried in a pet cemetery about 17 miles north of Harlem, where it lived for the beginning of its life. <laughs> so Ming the Tiger of Harlem has returned home one last time. Oh, do they didn't stuff him or something. No, no, no. Nothing that depressing. <laughs> That'd be cool. Have him on display forever. 400 pound tiger. The tiger of Harlem. <laughs> Put him out front of the projects. Yeah. It's a warning sign. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's a tiger in a cage. Gotcha. Well, for me Damn. this week, I uh, got something Steve and I already talked about off the podcast. But uh, so a while back in our preternatural penetration segment, I talked about how there was a big release of videos um, taken by the military of unidentified aerial phenomenon it used to be called UFOs. Um, mm-hmm. They don't like calling it UFOs anymore because that says unidentified flying object, whereas UAP, unidentified aerial phenomenon, leaves room for it not actually being an object, like maybe a ball lightning or swamp gas or something like that, which isn't an object um, or just an artifact like on radar or something that's not an actual thing. But um, just recently, it got in the news again uh, because the Navy... Uh, representative from the Navy actually officially announced that those are real videos. They're not like a fake or something and that they have been dealing with unidentified aerial phenomenon for a long time. And that's, a, that's right. actually a serious issue because the first thing they think as the military is not that they're aliens or something, but that it's some kind of foreign technology that yeah, is military some, aircraft that yeah. has somehow gotten to our airspace without our snowing and being able to evade our aircraft at very high velocities that we should have the highest technology of any country in the world right now, as far as military goes, we spend the most more than the top 10 nations in the world on a military. And so when something can outrun and outmaneuver our craft, it's a problem because um, then they have no idea where it comes from. Because uh, if Russia doesn't have that technology, it's not really going to be China or, you know, Saudi Arabia or India or something. So it's weird. Um but this is a big news because before the Department of Defense um, did kind of say that these were real videos, but they just weren't they weren't saying it was supposed to be released. Um, and the Navy's kind of saying the same thing. They're saying, but these are legitimate videos, but they weren't supposed to be released to the public and they don't really know how hmm. that happened. Um, so it's it's a big deal that the we, first we found out this organization that was being getting government funding to research UFOs called um, ATIP. Um, and now we have the Navy saying, yep, these are real deals and it's a big problem and we have no idea what they are. So that's kind of. <laughs> wow. Yeah. OK. And it's been a big thing for years that they, they thought the reason why the Navy or the military never uh, told the public about these things was not because they thought they were UFOs, but because it would show that 
the Navy is not all powerful, that our government doesn't know what's going on all the time, which shows that we're weak. Right. Um, and that's pretty much true. They've announced that's why they didn't tell people, because it's like it's showing that we have a, you know, a hole in our defenses somehow. So it's fascinating. Hmm. And this is all brought to us by one of the guys from Blink-182. <laughs> kind of. Who uh, was one of the founders of this group that that surfaced the footage, I believe. Yeah, it's called To The Stars Academy. And uh, the guy's name, uh, which is Tom DeLong. Um, he was the lead singer of Blink-182. And he's used some of his little bit of fame and money to put together an organization full of ex-government workers and scientists who are actually highly respected to just look into more UFO stories and footage and give it a scientific look and a serious look and not make it really goofy. It's just kind of funny that he was in blink one, a two, but either way it's, it's very interesting and they're doing good work. So it's pretty cool. Keep an eye out. Preternatural penetration. Ooh, ghosts. <laughs> no, no ghosts. Never is it ghosts. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, cool. Well, before we break into our big talk of Back to the Future 3. Uh, I've got some cool kind of factoids to get us in the cowboy mindset. Uh, So back in the day, it only took about 10 cowboys to move 3,000 cattle. Wow. Uh, They would travel about 15 miles a day, and that doesn't sound like a ton, uh, but they actually set limits on how far and how fast they would push the cattle because they needed to give them time to graze on the way or else they would show up for auction and for sale skinny. Right. And they would lose money because they brought skinny cows. So they had to, they had to go slow on purpose. That makes sense. Uh, the camp cook or cookie, as it's more colloquially called, uh, actually had a super important role. Not only did he provide three hot meals a day, but they were also partially the navigator. Part of the responsibility was after the Cowboys went to sleep at night, the cookie would align the North star and then point the front wagons tongue in the direction they needed to head in the AM so that the trail boss would know which way to start moving the cattle when they first woke up. Then most of cowboy clothing was in some way a double was either protective or had double use. So it had function, Uh, not just form. Yeah, a lot of function. Their chaps uh, were tough hide and they protected their legs when they went through brambles. Hmm. Their hats, uh, wide brim, not only protected them from the sun, but also protected their face and eyes from branches. Ah. And then not only that, a lot of hats were, were oil sealed and that way they could use their hat as a drinking cup for eat for both themselves and their horse. That's pretty gross. <laughs> Super gross. <laughs> God. Um, and then one of these like form and function things, we all know like cowboy pointy boots that you can see now in country music videos. But the reason they're pointy is because it made the cowboys easier to hit their stirrups with their boot. That makes sense. Kind of hook it in. Right. A little, little cone to, to, to make sure it made it home. Uh, oh, the that, average that cow- water thing. Sorry. Uh, reminded me of in the movie. There's a scene where they, they pour him a glass of water and it's all murky and gross. And and, he <laughs> yeah. asked, and then he later on asked for water from the bar. And I was, that's a factoid I happen to know about. It's like in most cultures and stuff throughout history, the reason why they made alcohol and, and is because it was fermented, made but also potable. clean. Yeah. It basically that process yeah. made it so it wasn't filled with uh, bacteria. So it was actually healthier to drink a beer than it was to drink the water. <laughs> Just a little factoid uh, there. An average cowboy banked between 25 and $40 a month. Mm-hmm. And, about 25% of all cowboys were black. 
I did hear that recently. Yeah, a lot of ex-Civil War uh, recently freed slaves or um, like second generation uh, that were moving out west just like everyone else. I heard that somewhere because it was like talking about how it's a whole missing generation of, of storytelling that they just kind of whitewashed everything. And it's like, that's not really the way it was. And this is something I found interesting. Cowboys are this huge piece of the American cultural understanding and zeitgeist, so to speak. And they really weren't around that long and did not play that important of a role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So cowboys were around from about 1868 to 1888. And really what their function was, was taking cattle to and from trains hmm. when they weren't, when the trains weren't connected. But as the railroad system across the U.S. completed and more lines were added, they became irrelevant. Like 20 years. Right. In 20 years, cowboys became irrelevant. By the, by the you know, 1900, they were almost unheard of and were basically things of legend. But we like, I think we romanticize and attribute so much to them. Right. But they really weren't around that long. It didn't do a whole lot. That's kind of like my parents were telling me about, you know, living through the 60s and early 70s that hippies weren't that big of a deal either. That was only a short period of time. Not everybody was a hippie that was of that age. It's just kind of like a thing we've romanticized as well in movies and stuff. And this, it wasn't it wasn't as big of a deal as, you know, we always think it is through history. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that that was interesting. That Cowboys weren't that big of a deal. Hmm, very nice. Does that take us to That's, our main segment? That does. Ooh. So that theme always gets me going. It's just wonderful. And I have to well, say, that, oh, what are you going to say? We, we a couple times, and you especially have talked about how music and movies really stinks now. Yes, absolutely. But I can tell, like, I will never forget the Back to the Future theme. And that's every John Williams score just has a theme that sticks oh out gosh. and you can remember it. It makes you identify with that movie. It comes back throughout the film at different parts, making you inspired. And that doesn't happen at all anymore in films. Um, but also that makes reminds me of the ride so much because I, you know, Steve and I grew up most of our life in Orlando. And oh, my God. The that Back was to the, the Future ride, ride at Universal Studios was so much fun. It's like one of the first movie type rides. Like now they have, you know. What's the Star Wars one? Um, I guess. I don't know. I rode that thing two or three times every time I went to Universal. Yeah. And the saddest part, my, the new person I'm seeing, she has never been on that ride and she never will because it's gone now. It's gone. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so sad. So sad. But it was getting pretty dated, especially the videos you'd watch while you're waiting in line. Oh, yes. The videos <laughs> were super dated. Um, but yeah, great trilogy. If you don't know what Back to the Future is, how are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> well, who like, are you? How avoided Back to the Future, but you know what a play on nerds is. <laughs> yes. I mean, I could see some people like somehow just never seeing the third one somehow, but that seems pretty crazy to me. Or maybe never seeing all of it. Like I can say that it was a long time before I saw the whole thing because I would catch it on like TBS. Yeah, that's true. On a rerun or syndication where things were cut or reordered for time. So I can't really remember the first time I saw the entire thing. And I've honestly never had any of the movies on VHS or DVD. So or Blu-ray for that matter. So I never had a chance to watch them like in that regard. Um, but a great trilogy. I think we kind of touched on this earlier. This one is kind of the weak link. Right. It's considered, the but weak it's link. only because the other two were so good. And what's so weird is that the first and second films have so much of the same 
scenes that are shot from different places and they're going back and forth to time zones that were covered in the first movie. They're back in the second movie, but yet parallel timelines, the second and third movies are the ones that were filmed at the same time, not the first and second movies. So they were filming well, back that to was two and three uh, concurrently, but that was Michael J. Fox. Oh, because of his schedule. Uh, yeah. He was set to do two in the season between like the seasons of the Waltons or something, but then the show got delayed or canceled. I can't remember. And so they were like, quick, we got to get Michael while he's available. So right. they were like, we'll film him back to back. And thank goodness they did. Um, yes, thank goodness they did. You can feel the continuity. Like you can feel that there wasn't a gap, which is good. Yeah, especially the beginning and the end. Absolutely. Um, but uh, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about what it did, what it did right, what it did wrong. Uh, one thing I think this movie really did right and in all the movies do this, they pay off everything. Every little mention, every little mention, everything that could be a plot hole. The perfect example I can think of is, you know, doc is about to send Marty back into time, back to the wild west. And he goes, I got you new batteries. So your walkie talkies will work and throws them into the car. Oh, I didn't even notice that because later it wouldn't make any sense if they somehow had batteries for their walkie talkie. Oh, that's so true. At the end of the movie. Right. So like they pay every single thing off in a way that is very satisfying. And like the, uh, even the, the shoes where he's in his tennis shoes and he first gets back in time and he loses his boots to, uh, to the bear. bear. And then they like, you know, they mention that later on. I don't know. It's just even little things like that. Just have, they mean something. They're not pointless. Uh, and not only that, uh, we, from a plot perspective, it was really smart and Anna and, and I actually had to re- rewind a few times, but we were like, why does he only have five days? Mm. Like, why does he only have five days to save Doc? He has a time machine. And then we watched it and we realized that it was because it was the time between when the letter was sent, which was a point in time that Marty could not interfere with. Right. And when he was killed. And so that's why he only had five days. Because he couldn't go before the letter was sent to be like a paradox because then the letter never would have been sent and he never would have come back in time. Or he could have somehow interfered with it. Right. That makes sense. Um, so, so yeah, but even those little things were super satisfying. And a lot of people can argue that these time travel movies that, you know, well, that doesn't actually work. That's crazy. This is none of this makes sense. But what good time travel movies do is they make sense within their own world, like with the rules that they make for themselves. And as right. long as they don't break the rules that they've set up in that world, it's okay by me and it works, whether it makes sense in the real world or not, you know? So let's talk, let, let's give a little breakdown, like how this movie flushes in, like, yeah, what, like what it's about. So, we, so far we talked about a bear eating his shoes and time <laughs> travel. Yeah. I, I was a little, a little bit lost in the beginning because it literally takes off right where the second one leaves off. Um, and so I was, I hadn't seen the second one in a long time. So I, I was trying to remember what was going on then, but apparently doc accidentally at the end of the last film, they might struck say, by lightning. Yeah. And gets sent back to 1885 instead of 18 or 1985, I guess. Right. And the movie ends with a courier with a letter from Western union. That's been on hold for like a hundred years looking for this kid <laughs> to give him the message. And Marty finds out that doc is alive. He is alive in 1885, I think. Right. Uh, and, and to find his counterpart. Right. And not to try to get him, he says, cause it'll mess with the time continuum. Just leave him there. It's fine. Right. So the time machine he hid, it needed repairs so he couldn't get back. 
so he gives instructions on how to repair it and then tells Marty to take the DeLorean back to the future, his real timeline, and destroy it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't. But that is when they discover. Machine. That is when they discover Doc's grave, and they discover the fact that Doc was murdered six days after, or five days after uh, this letter was sent. And the that current time, Doc and him and Marty both agree that that's too little time. He needs more time to live. So. Marty goes against Doc's wishes and takes the DeLorean and goes back in time again. Back in time. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Didn't Huey Lewis just die? I don't know. I think he did. Like, it was like last week. Uh, I hate the power of love, by the way. <laughs> I always make the joke. Just for the record. I'm not sure if it's in this movie. I hate the power. Of I always love. joke that the songs are all sound exactly the same. The power of love. Back in boom, time. Boom, 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 <laughs> They're the same. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, uh, Huey Lewis, great song, great music throughout. I, I hate power of love. Ooh, it's power um, love. <laughs> so they dress Marty up like a cowboy and send him back in time from like he a gift like shop cliche, cowboy clothes. It's terrible. Cliche Indians and the Calvary right up front. He hides the, the DeLorean in a cave. A bear attacks him. <laughs> And he stumbles, falls, hits his head, and is found by his ancestor. Who looks just like him, except with the... Seamus McFly. <laughs> the accent and lighter hair. Um, and I think my notes for this section were... Uh, Leah Thompson's accent was surprisingly adequate. Yeah. And Michael J. Fox's was acceptable when his mouth was full. <laughs> I didn't notice it being that bad. <laughs> um, so... He says he's he says he's looking for his friend who's a blacksmith, the doc, and they say they're going to help him and get him to town. He meets a bunch of his ancestors, including his great grandfather, who is the first McFly born in America. Mm. It's a baby. It was just a baby. Um, and there is one. So, so in this case, Michael J. Fox is playing both roles. Right. And I thought they did a very good job with the camera tricks, with the exception of one moment. Mm. And there is a moment where. He comes over with the baby uh, as Seamus and goes to hand the baby to Marty. Right. At that moment, Leah Thompson walks in and blocks frame. Oh. And then she like, he spins off. It's a very, it's the one time where they tried to do the trick and it just did not work. That's so weird. Cause I commented almost that same place while we were watching it. I was just like, Oh, they did that so well for 1989. Like that's impressive. Everything before that and everything after is absolutely great. It is the one time we're like, it is weird. Oh, so if you get a chance to rewatch yeah, it. I should. Leah Thompson like rolls into frame and then suddenly he's on the, it was, a, she was used to block the line. Right. And it got real weird. It got real, real weird. Well, right before that happens, when he wakes up and then one of those payoff moments, um, she, he wakes up with her in his face, just like he did in the first movie um, with his mm-hmm. mom suddenly there with him. And as she's walking away before he gets up, he pulls up, up the covers and looks to make sure his pants are on because in the first movie he's in his <laughs> underwear. And she calls him Calvin. He has Calvin Klein underwear. And I was like, what a great little throwback. It was a little second. He just looks Turn down the inside of your underwear. Yeah. So he looks down and makes sure his pants are on. Then he gets up. I thought that was so cute. Um, so he gets to town. He finds doc. Uh, this is after he can, confronts what Buford Tannen yeah Biff's the like a counterpart ancestor of Biff who's like a dirty dog murderer I thought he did great in that part. doc he's yeah he did absolutely great 
um, who hates the doc because of a horseshoe dispute over $80, which is what doc was killed for a lot of money. Um, yeah. So he finds doc explaining the situation and they try to figure out how they're going to get back to the future. Back to the future. Um, and apparently the fuel line on the car was, uh, injured by the bear. So they, now that's out of fuel. So, and he's doc is depressed about this. Cause there's no way to get modern gasoline in this time period. So how the hell they so, get them up to 88 miles per hour. So they try pulling the DeLorean with horses and they can't get it up fast enough. And, uh, then they, what else do they do? They try a few things. It's like a little montage segment. Kind of It was a little montage of them trying different things. And then they, they go and they talk to a railroad worker about if a train could do it. The guy says, yeah, I guess if you got the, the, the furnace blazing hotter than the fires of hell, you can get it up to 88 miles per hour. And you got a nice long stretch of land that was even and, straight yeah even ground and all these stipulations um so they go out and they find a set of tracks that is a three mile runoff from the main line that is going across a ravine where a bridge has yet to be built and their plan is they are going to push the delorean up to 88 miles per hour just as it hits the ravine and he will come across time and space on the completed bridge in the future it's pretty badass i think pretty crazy (laughs) so in that moment uh they hear a scream and they look and Mary Steenburgen is driving a wagon and it's running away with her Clara. And she, she's yelling for help and the doc goes and rescues her and they fall in love like almost instantly. It's really adorable. I think, I mean, the age difference is really weird, adorable. but it's adorable. Uh, we did hear mention of Clara earlier in the film uh, on the tombstone. And it's like a uh, survived by his beloved Clara or something like that. Right. And so they can't figure out how he wouldn't mention Clara in the letter that he sent Marty, but somehow she was his beloved at the end. Uh, and this is how. Right. They met through crazy circumstances. But also he would never have met her if Marty hadn't gone back in time. So none of that kind of makes a lot of sense, but it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, because the whole idea is that she lost control of her horse and went into the ravine and that the ravine is called Clayton Ravine. Right. But by Doc being back at all, he rescues her. And maybe, that, maybe that's a paradox right there. Maybe that's something that just doesn't work. And he was going to meet her initially because she was the new teacher in town and they're supposed to meet each other anyways. But I don't know if I was supposed to be before or after she was supposed to be dead. So I don't know. It's confusing. Yeah, uh, there's some confusing stuff. It's not all gold. <laughs> uh, they rescue her. Her and Doc fall in love over a couple encounters. And then there's a big town fair where they get to dance and everyone's having a good time, but ZZ Tanning tops shows the up with band. his gang. ZZ Top is playing acoustic guitar. And Tannen shows up with his boys. They threaten Doc. And this is when Marty gets on Tannen's bad side and Tannen's ire turns from Doc to Marty for the remainder of the film. Mm-hmm. So instead of Doc's gravestone, it's now Marty's gravestone. And Tannen keeps calling him yellow bellied and chicken. And that doesn't sit well with McFly. Um, so then, uh, there's some more montage kind of stuff of them making final preparations for how they're going to get away right before Marty is supposed to face off against Tannen. Doc ends up breaking Claire's heart because he knows that he can't stay and she can't come with him. Fair. But even um, then, right then I was like, of course she can come with you because she's supposed to be dead. So you'd be actually fixing the timeline if she came with you, but they didn't think of that. So that's true. Because she's supposed yeah, to be dead. Gold. Right. I mean, the ravine still wouldn't be named after her, but like, right. 
she had she had no impact on the timeline outside of those few days. Yeah. What? You know, whatever. All right. So then Doc right. uh, goes right. to the Zemeckis, bar. I see you. Doc goes to the bar because he's depressed that he broke things off with Clara, even though he's supposed to be getting ready to go on the train. Uh, and he starts not drinking, but he like, holds a shot in his hand. And he he's just really likes depressed. holding it. <laughs> <laughs> he tells everyone in the bar stories about the future. He doesn't even care anymore. So Marty has to he's go drunk, get him. But really hasn't had a single drop. He finally has the shot and he like passes out immediately. <laughs> just cute. Uh, and then they do the wake up juice scene, which felt kind of unnecessary, but was still fun. Yeah. And then that uh, Tannen and Marty McFly are supposed to have a standoff uh, right then. So Marty, Marty decides he doesn't care if people think he's chicken. But he realizes he's, he's going to kill Doc if he doesn't stand off with him. Um, so he pulls a move from the classic Clint Eastwood film. Good, the bad, and the ugly, maybe. Maybe. I don't quite remember. Uh, where he gets shot, but he wears a cast iron plate on his chest. And thankfully, that's exactly where Biff Tannen shoots him. Yeah, Biff Tannen shoots him right in the plate, goes up, uh, and then tries to punch him in the chest. Biff Tannen breaks his hand, and then Marty hits him in the face, and he falls into a big cart filled with manure, paying off <laughs> the first movie again. Right. And I hate manure. Oh my gosh. What a great payoff. And they passed that cart earlier in the movie too. And I was like, Oh, it's a manure company. I know what that's going to do. <laughs> um, so Marty has avoided his name on the tombstone, but now they got to get back to the future. Right. Like, so him and doc go and steal a train. <laughs> right. Hijack it. This is a hijack. No, it's a science experiment. <laughs> and Clara was going to leave town because she's so sad, but then she hears people behind her who are in the bar with Doc lamenting about how much he missed his Clara. And she finds out that Doc's still in love with her. And so she chases after them on the train. Right. So now she's like the rogue element in the rest of the movie, basically. Mm -hmm. So they go, they steal the train, they get rid of all the cars, they get over to this three mile length of track and they start trying to push it up to 88 miles per hour. Um, There's this great thing with different colored logs. Yeah. Different chemical compounds or something. Yeah, that I thought was just genius and a genius visual way to represent the upping of the stakes and make it clear to the audience what is happening. And time running like out. Colors. Yeah. Like green means it's the lowest and then yellow is fast and red's faster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I understand that. It's simple and it makes sense. Right. Uh, and then you got these defined markers each time one of the logs started burning because then there's this huge jolt of speed, but you got this like defined moment of like, Oh, we're that much closer. Just ratcheting it up. Yeah. 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 And it really, I thought they did a really great job with that. Clara gets aboard the train. She's Doc is to about to, to get on the Doc is about to hop onto the DeLorean as it's approaching like 70 miles per hour. And then Clara gets his attention with the horn. He looks back, Clara, and then she tries to climb out to him. She almost falls. He almost falls. Marty throws the hoverboard back to him. He catches it, catches her. The DeLorean goes 88 miles per hour, and Marty is back in the future without Doc. Yep. And then he goes and finds his family. They're back to normal again, the good kind of normal that he made them like in the first movie. And then uh, he goes to his girlfriend, who's now recast as Elizabeth Shue from the original actress who played her for some reason. In the first movie, yeah. Yep, and then they go out to the railroad tracks to see where the car was destroyed, I believe, is why they went yeah. out there. To, to, like, look at the remnants. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, 
come through the the time vortex is Doc and Clara on the, a new fangled train, time travel train. It's all fancy. It can steam fly, but out. somehow runs on steam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and that's, uh, do they get on the train? I can't remember. No, Doc assures them that he's fine and wanted to give Marty a picture of him and Marty at the bell. And then they take off and they, he introduces his kids, Jules and Vern. Right. There's a very famous scene of those of his two kids. Uh, If you watch the younger kid, Vern, he He like signals towards his crutch. Yeah. He (laughs) waves to the camera with his hand down low and just points at his, his junk. (laughs) It's really strange. Uh, I wasn't sure if I had the edited version. I was so happy to see that that was there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I kept, I was really weird about it. I kept telling my person we were watching this movie and I was like, wait, wait, watch the kid. And I kept cutting back to him and he wasn't doing anything. She's like, okay. And I'm like, no, no, keep watching him. <laughs> then he, he does the weird thing. And she goes, oh, that's weird. What is he doing? Um, and then, and then right at the end, they saved what I thought was like a really good, clean, brilliant payoff mm-hmm. uh, right for the last like two minutes of the film. And that's in the second movie. You, you see Marty, Marty's future and he was going to be a rock star. But then he got in that crash when he was drag racing and broke his hand. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. And then he couldn't play guitar and his life fell apart. Now he's working at a junk company uh, and gets fired. That's all the second film. Um, so in this one, you see him about to get into this drag race. Oh, yeah. And then they take off. Instead of falling into being called a chicken, he backs up and watches as he would have cr- crashed into that, into a, like Mercedes Benz or something. Right. And it's the payoff from the second movie, but it shows that in the timeline that they were discussing in the second film, it involved him still coming back through this set of circumstances. And also showing that he's changed from his experience in the old West where yeah. he doesn't care anymore to prove his bravado or his, you know, machismo. He's a different kind of person now. Right. Um, and that he still had to come back as the cowboy, like he had to go through the whole cowboy thing to get to that point, And then one decision is what changed his future. It's pretty crazy. It was just a great, great way to wrap it up right at the end. Yeah. And then him and Elizabeth shoe just go off happy together with no more yeah. DeLorean. Sadly. Yeah. It's okay. They have each other. Yeah. And Hillsdale. <laughs> They're going to live. There. Uh, but yeah, that's back, back to the future three. Of the three, not the most exciting, not the most grand. A lot of people hated the cowboy thing, but I think they did a real good job. I think people need to cut this movie some slack. And I think really Biff Tannen is one of the better parts of this movie. Oh, he really is. He's just so great in that character. It's because I'm a little And then Mary Steen version is just delightful. She's so adorable in this film. And all this stuff. And then a lot of the side characters are really have these nice little roles they get to round out. I think of the, the um, train conductor guy. Oh, he was great. Had a nice little two minute scene and played it well. The uh, like gun belt guy at the carnival. Yeah. He had a great little role and played the heck out of it. And then he was gone and that was okay. And the guys in the bar who are all the old drunks. One of them has that cartoony. Oh, look, look at what he is. <laughs> oh, he did a bunch of old voices for Disney. Including, yeah. I can't remember what we looked it up and we're like, oh, lots of stuff. Um. And then the other guy, uh, the guy who says the, 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 uh, the line better run squirrel. Uh, he was in gremlins <laughs> Oh, as one of the guys in the bank who hears, um, 
Miss Deagle threatened to kill the dog. <laughs> oh, and we can't forget the guy who plays the principal in the other movies there with his son. He plays a sheriff in this one. And his yeah. great, great little part there, too. Uh, and there's a deleted scene uh, where actually Tannen come because after you've seen that confrontation, you don't see him again. Um, there's a scene where Tannen tries to like sneak into town or something. And he's all right, follow me to the jail. And Tannen pulls a gun and kills him. Oh, wow. And his son like watches him die. And then his son vows to always keep order and discipline. It's a little dark, I guess, for the movie. <laughs> We're a little bit dark, but it still pays off this like family homage of like discipline and yeah. order. <laughs> it just cements it even more. Like I understand why they wrote it. It was just too dark. It's great for the lore. Now I, just, I do watch this movie. It makes me want to find comics or books that continue the story and like see more time travel happen because they got to be out there. Yeah. Oh, if anything, you can find some fan fiction where Doc and Marty are more than friends. <laughs> I don't want any of that part of that. You guarantee it. Or like one oh, where he Marty. Oh. Um. <laughs> Jeez, Doc, it's so big. <laughs> Marty! <laughs> don't just look at it. Suck it, Marty! <laughs> <laughs> Does person listen to this? Uh, I don't know. Not yet. Probably. <laughs> I'll invite person. <laughs> I'll recommend it to them. Suck it, buddy. <laughs> okay. Fine. Look away. <laughs> oh, that's a cool little tidbit. I looked up. Uh, so Marty at one point tells Doc uh, his dog's named Einstein, and Doc kind of looks incredulously at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that Einstein had just died like five months before that scene would have taken place in 1955. Oh, like that's November, 1955 and Einstein died in April. Wow. That's good timing. So that, that was the incredulous look. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So uh, overall, right, so, what do you give it? Are we doing like Raul Jules? Like, how are we? I don't know. Like, <laughs> whatever you want. Um, it's totally worth seeing. I hope they never make a fourth. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same. If you're going to watch two, you got to watch three. You know, I'd be okay with they come as a package. I'm okay. If they're not rebooting it, please never do that. But I'm okay. If they want to do like the next generation and have like Marty's daughter as the lead or something, and then have like him, her working with a new, no, new crazy scientist of some sort, you know, I mean, I'd be okay. German. We already have that. It's called Rick and Morty. Yeah, but that's just crude stuff and i don't know <laughs> i'm sure rick and morty's great i never really got into it but I, i'm sure it's oh, you gotta get into it man oh we love it so much but one that might capture the magic of the originals but still be a continuation and not try to redo what we already have because i'm tired of reboots like you can do sequels in the same universes it'd be just as cool but like with uh, ghostbusters um they didn't need to reboot ghostbusters they should have just made it a sequel in the same world with female leads that's totally fine but just make it so it's sequel not a, not ignore what happened in the past i don't know yeah it's just dumb i'll get off my soapbox uh, all right well that takes us into a little bit of a game i prepared hey so german i'm going to be passing some cowboy slang at you <laughs> and i need you to take a guess as to what it means all right all right so uh, what are the backdoor trots Mm. assless chaps <laughs> no diarrhea diarrhea is the backdoor trots oh god that's terrible uh if you're barking at a knot 
What are you doing? Um, uh, you're just, uh, you're not, you're doing something wrong over and over again. That's not, that is a very good guess. It's wasting time on something useless. Oh, right, that's pretty close. You're real close. Like a half yeah, yeah, but you got the right idea about these though. Most of them have some sort of clue if you think about it. Right. Uh, raisin sand. Uh, you're going too fast with your cattle. No, mm. <laughs> that is also a very good guess. I, <laughs> no, I understand. Uh, no, you're out causing trouble. Raisin sand. All right. <laughs> uh, if someone is, if a woman's a California widow. Oh, means she's uh, rich and ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's a woman separated from her husband by distance, but not divorced. Oh, and so uh, what happened is a lot of men went out to the West Coast, especially California during the rush, saying that they were going to go out and then send for their wives. Gotcha. And so a lot of women were considered California widows. They'd still be on the East Coast or something, right? Oh, gotcha. Or the middle of the country. Yeah. <laughs> Just give myself uh, a buzzer every time. Scamper juice. Ooh. Um. Is that like dirty water? It's whiskey. Oh, whiskey. Oh, great. Scamper juice. <laughs> Give me some of your best scamper juice, will you? Uh, oh, man. It's a real toad strangler out there. <laughs> uh, well, I guess toads can't really live in too hot of weather, so maybe it's just real hot. The exact opposite. It's a heavy downpour of water. Oh, toads also don't live in water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, five beans in the wheel. Um, five beans, five in beans the, in the wheel. Uh, you got, uh, uh more, uh, just enough cattle. You got your whole full, uh, <laughs> full thing of cattle. Uh, it's, a uh, someone who's carrying a six shooter only loaded with five bullets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, uh, a bag of nails, literally a bag of nails. That's what it means. Just a bag. bag of, oh, yeah. That was Anna's <laughs> guess, too, actually. Uh, no, it's just when everything goes wrong at the same time. Well. well ain't that a bag of nails? <laughs> well, ain't uh, that a bag of nails? It's a real toad strangler out there. Uh, all right. Uh, well, well, ain't that a hair in the butter? <laughs> Everything's going right. Then one little thing goes wrong. I'm going to give you a point for that one. It's a delicate situation. All right. I appreciate the point. The idea being that when you're churning butter, if a hair gets in there, you got to very gently pick it out and not turn it into the butter. That makes sense. Uh, and then this one's tough. Uh, if somebody's being called a, a moldy grubs, <laughs> uh, he's a real moldy grubs. He's uh, not paying enough for the cattle. No, it's a derogatory name for a tradesman or salesman. I was kind of right. Yeah, kind of. It's a cheapskate, you know, bad salesman. You get a quarter of a point. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right. Not your best game, certainly, but we got a lot of fun answers in there. So that was exciting. I had one in three force points. That's the reason I do these games is just to listen to your creative answer. <laughs> Pretty much. So I'm not going to know. <laughs> uh, but that takes us out of Back to the Future 3, Rule of Three. And a little bit of cowboy slang to work into your everyday lives. Absolutely. So let's go into some trailer reviews. Yeah. 
Oh, that's right. There's no intro now. That's right. Uh, Cut that crap out. <laughs> so this week for trailer reviews, uh, I chose a comedy, which is not normally our shtick. Typically, we go sci-fi fantasy kind of stuff. There's still like a fantastical uh, element to this. There is. And that's why I liked it. And it, that movie is Jexy. Jexy. Oh, look at you. Sweet, beautiful baby. Hello, my name is Jexy. I will need the passwords to all of your accounts. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stupid. Huh? How can I help you? Let's get dinner. You look like you could use a salad bill. What the fuck kind of phone is this? Would you like to watch some pornography now? Oh, no. Why would you even ask me that? Because you watch pornography every night. What? Oh, no. Oh, you're okay. I'm okay, too. Thanks. Oh, I'm sorry. You're okay? I'm fine, but more importantly, how's your phone? It's got a little bit of a scratch that will definitely annoy me. You're joking. Okay. You guys are supposed to write lists that break the internet every day. We have not gone viral since yesterday. Prison lips. What do you got? Cats that look like Ryan Gosling. I like you. I like you like. Your boss is a fucking moron. What is wrong with your phone, dude? Play me out. You have zero friends. Take a chance and try something new. You're really into your phone, aren't you? I used to be that way too. You want to play kickball later? Let me check my calendar. Your only plan is to go home alone, furiously masturbate, nope. and then cry yourself to sleep. Dude, your phone is super mean. Phil, this woman is so much hotter than you are. The odds of you having sex with her is zero. Hey, you ready to go? Yeah. Would you mind not bringing your phone? Who this bitch? You promised you'd be home by 11 to watch Cupcake Wars with me. I have needs too, Phil. Now plug me, Dan. Okay. Unplug me. Plug. Unplug. Plug. Look right at my camera hole. Oh my god. That actually wasn't the worst sex I've ever had. I need a new phone. This one's defective. I see hipster dudes like you come in here every day. Like little crackheads. I suck your dick for a new phone. You can buy a thousand new phones and I will follow you onto every single one of them. We are going to be together forever. Oh my god, I am fucked. Are you laughing at my dick right now? Yes. What does this bitch have that I don't have? A soul for one. Does she have Google Maps? No. She fucking sucks. I'm gonna chime in here real quick. Not now! I control your email and bank accounts. No one puts baby in a corner. Why are you doing this to me? I am programmed to make your life better. She's trying to kill me! I am the captain now. Your phone sent pictures of your dick to everyone. Oh, no! Why are you doing a thumbs up in a fucking dick pic? All right. So, basically, if you saw the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix, which is more of an indie sci-fi flick, uh, a little more drama... This is basically the comedic version of that, I guess. Yeah, I like that it's kind of hitting after mo- a lot of movies like um, what Ex Machina, uh, Automata, uh, Her. You know, it's nice to see something that's a little bit lighter in that genre. Not apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, not apocalyptic. Uh, and I kind of I like that we're seeing this a lot. We're seeing the pushback on what has been popular recently. So that's when we're getting things like uh, The Boys sort of a pushback on the superhero genre. Right. And then we're getting things like this, which is sort of pushback on that genre. Well, I did see some kind of article somewhere about that. There's a correlation, I think, to being a prosperous time with a president that's very stable <laughs> to having 
a kind of crazy, unstable. Everyone's worried and about what's going on in the world, so we want more comedic versions of things. You know, and kind of oh, truly, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's a trend with this too, being more funny and lighthearted. And people didn't want the dark DC movies because they were too dark. Um, so they wanted more funny and lighthearted stuff. But anyways, uh, so I'm going to give this this uh, three Raul Julias trying to figure out their new iPhone. <laughs> what is this button? <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, and I want to, uh, I liked Adam Devine a lot because he's in the Righteous Gemstones of the show I'm enjoying a lot. And he was funny and everything else he's been in Pitch Perfect and stuff. Um, that's the only reason I'd watch If you this. haven't seen him in uh, The Final Girls or The Final Girl, check it out. Oh, he's the best yet. part of that film. We did review best that trailer that forever ago, so I need to watch that. We did. Uh, it's got Vera Farmiga's daughter in it. It's real good. Highly nice. recommend checking it out. So for me, I get this three desperate for entertainment Gary Busey's. Ooh. Yeah. He's really chewing the scenery. <laughs> I need something to watch. <laughs> anyway, I was in Tommy Boy. Did you know that? <laughs> He's chewing on everything. His giant teeth. All right. So the next He's one we got pillows every day <laughs> is uh, the new trailer for Birds of Prey. This is the kind of sequel to Suicide Squad spinoff kind of thing. Here we go. Kind of. You know what a harlequin is? A harlequin's role is to serve. It's nothing without a master. No one gives two shits who we are beyond that. The Joker and I broke up. I wanted a fresh start. But it turns out I wasn't the only Damon Gotham looking for emancipation. Spectacular news! Miss Quinn, she belongs to me. Who are you guys? Here's the deal, Quinn. You need me. He's after all of us now. None of us are walking out of here. Unless we work together. Who are you? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Isn't this fun? It's just like a sleepover. <gasps> we should order pizza. Big cosmos. Harley, focus. Okay. okay. One they should be scared of. Boom. Not you, not Mr. J, because I'm Harley freaking Quinn. Woo! Who's having a good time? Get ready, ladies. Oh, you're that psycho chick. You never call a woman a chick. I'll accept broad lady, woman, and on occasion, bitch. Bitch? What are you talking What's about? What's that for me, William? <laughs> so. I feel like they're trying to make their DC attempt at like a Deadpool like character, wisecracking, you know, devil may care attitude. I mean, that is kind of how right. Harley Quinn is in the comics and yeah. the show and everything. But <sighs> and I appreciate that DC is in some ways beating Marvel to the punch in that Marvel has been in talks about doing an all female superhero movie with their female cast for a long time. And it's just never happened. It was supposed to center around the Black Widow and then got delayed and. And yeah. so for once, I'm, I'm kind of happy to see DC breaking new ground. Well, they did already I with hope. just a Wonder Woman movie because there hasn't even been a single Marvel film that's just had a female. Uh, true. Well, except for Captain Marvel, finally. That's and right. That's true. Captain Marvel. Uh, and then there's a, the, the sequel to um, uh, Wonder Woman coming soonish this summer. And they are currently right? filming the uh, Black Widow movie. So that's already almost in the can. Um, but I'm just happy to see like DC going for it. 
yeah, there's dropping Joker because no one liked him. Um, he was, Jared Leto, we're done. The world's done with you. You can go away now forever. <laughs> You've done your time. Thank you. You were great in American Psycho. Don't let anyone take the, that away from you. But please go away now. He played a good creeper in the new Blade Runner 2049 movie. He's good at playing yeah, creepy, yeah. greasy, weird dudes. That's about it. But yeah. not well. Not I wonder why. Just a Joker. <laughs> um. So it it looks interesting. It looks kind of like the 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 team up buddy cop. I didn't really get a clear idea of who the characters were besides Harley or yeah. really what their abilities or powers are or what they may represent. We've got to see uh, what Mary Elizabeth Winstead with like a crossbow. So she's probably some sort of assassin, I guess, and or marksman. But other than that, we saw the one girl sing and a glass vibrate violently. Yeah. So she's got something, some sort of voice power. But beyond that, we didn't really get a flavor of anyone else that I saw. So either it's not done filming or it's just a very bad cut trailer. Cause Mary, and they I hope they don't waste Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Cause she's a, she's great. Oh, she's absolutely spectacular. Love her and everything she does. Same here. Um, so this one is going to get wait before you say uh, also, I yeah. need to mention, uh, apparently the villain is Ewan McGregor. That's the voice you heard in the trailer. And oh, that's right. That was kind of a surprise too. I love him. So that's, that's a good sign at least. Um, so I'm going to give this Gary Busey and Raul Julia like arm wrestling <laughs> at a table and neither one can quite get over the top on the other. I like that. Mine is a uh, two amused Gary Busey's with one Raul Julia looking in the window being like, what was that? <laughs> What's Raul Julia outside doing in this scenario? He was just walking by and then he saw something that kind of amused him on the TV. Like, huh, that's interesting. But the, he's like a looky Lou. I mean, that's what he wants. He's Raul Julia. Hey, that's true. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Lou. I can't believe I, I can't believe I doubted you. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> we apologize to that's Raul a, Julia and his estate. So sorry to Raul Julia. Gary Busey, just <laughs> you're here to be the joke. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So that's uh, trailer reviews. <laughs> that take us into some radical recommends. Yes. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right, so for this week, I haven't been watching any new shows. As I said, I've been binging Lucifer and haven't seen much YouTube content or anything. But what I will recommend is healthy food and sleep. Because uh, <laughs> I've been going... Lame. I've been eating really healthy, doing really well, going to the gym. And the last two weeks, basically, I let it all fall to the wayside. I've been eating out too much. It's cost me money. I've been not going to the gym, not sleeping well enough. And so as the older I get, it's taking more and more of a toll on my body. So please, people out there, eat well, sleep well, do yourself a favor. Oh, man. I think about how I used to eat. And I can't even begin to get close to that now. The bad eating, you mean? <laughs> no, like when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. What the hell you want? Was a, like, I remember going to like Gator's Dockside and ordering 20 wings and getting through 18 of them. And now I have like five. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, what did I do? I think it's we're growing back then. So we I'm going to pay for ever. this for a month. <laughs> I'm going to fart forever. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I will admit to not too long ago buying a 12 pack of crystal burgers six or crystal burgers six or crystal chicken sandwiches oh my god and i went I through like that. nine of them in one sitting <laughs> it was terrible 
we used to in Brooklyn, we had a white castle that was five blocks north of us, mm-hmm. open 24 hours. And we would, anytime we were like coming home drunk at 1 a.m., there's nothing in the world we wanted more than White Castle Burger. And they're usually open like 24 hours. It's perfect. Yeah, man. It was so bad. Oh, there's. Kid is so angry. She's angry at your bad choices in the past. <laughs> yeah. She's tr- just cheering Raul Julia on. <laughs> Go, Raul! I love you, Raul. So, my, my radical recommend comes from YouTube. Uh, and this is something that was on my radar for a while and then kind of fell off and I just found it again. Uh, and it's called 60 second docs. Hmm. You can find them under that 60 second docs on YouTube. Uh, and they're exactly what they talk about. Each video is exactly one minute and 11 seconds long with a sh- tiny sec intro, a minute long documentary, and then a tiny outro. Uh, uh, like documentaries. I was thinking 60 second videos of docs, like actual docs. No, (laughs) not that bad. Um, And that's exactly what they are. They're these mini, short, quick interview documentaries, a minute long, that are just brilliant, well shot, and have the craziest spread of stuff. Um, Just sort of an example, an autistic drag queen from Britain. Mm -hmm. uh, When men who get their hair tattooed, because they're self-conscious about, about losing their hair. Uh, a guy who carves faces into potatoes. <laughs> uh, a nine-year-old who's the master of nunchucks. These are all fascinating. And they're all a minute long. And it's totally worth the investment of just a minute of your time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard so, to do that in 60 highly, seconds. Highly recommend. Check it out. There's going to be something. There, he covers such an incredible range of topics it's just extraordinary they've got really high production value really high quality and somehow this guy does not have as many subscribers as he deserves dang well let's get the word out there so get the word out there 60 second docs highly recommend on youtube check it out very nice well i think that kind of wraps up our back to the future part three rule of three review episode that's right. There's no thank you section this week until you, our listeners, write us something about this episode, and then we thank you on the next episode. That's right, and we'll do it. Write us in. Write we'll an email to it. anything at a playonnerds.com. Anything at playonnerds. Talk to us on Facebook. Do we monitor the Twitters? Yeah, I monitor the Twitters. Send up a flare on the Twitters. Twits us. Uh, we will keep on coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts if you guys keep coming back and being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. <laughs>